I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right, yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Bob Marley for Royfield. love a bit of Bob Marley mate so if you listen to Bob Marley and then there's a little bit of Barwick Green this must be Dumpty Dum the show about the reality darky drama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Millers I'm Royfield Brown who is bunged up like there is no tomorrow with a terrible head cold and uh, today I'm joined by the over village fated Jacqueline Berto in Sanguin so this week's Dumpty Dum tune is from Marie Bray again because nobody else has sent us any, but I think Stephen Jordan's uh, got a few in stock. Yes, he has. He has. He's. We've got a few up our sleeve. He did message us and say, "Oi, you've got you've got a few." So sorry about that, everyone. But no, you know what? I'm not apologising, Jacqueline. Uh, you know what? We need some stored away for a rainy day. And for the first time in about three weeks, it actually rained in Birmingham. This is a rainy day. What? So come on, rain. Yeah, it's actually rain. There is actually oh, rain in neck. Birmingham. Yes. Flip your neck. So, there send you in your dum-de-dums. We need them. Anyway, I'll, I'm going to uh, step back because all this is in red. You go. <laughs> and on this episode, we are lucky enough to hear from Jen, Ambridge Pony Club, Carol from the Highlands, Bernadette Hawks, Richard Lucas, and uh, who actually sounds like he was washing up uh, when he called in, but I think he was on his way to, might have been at an airport, and Richard Beveridge. Two calls which verge on rants, two calls which express feelings about contrasts in the village, and one which is very informative about equine therapy and business. Mmm, that's a quality of caller in uh, we have on this show. Uh, plus, Indeed. we can have 
tweet of the week from Purple Pumpkin. She's back from her holidays. And we have the social media round from Kate. We also have um, the Facebook uh, roundup, which fundamentally just us welcoming new members to our group. And we're going to end with a musical belter from the One Voice Choir in Middlesbrough, with our soloist, who's a dumdy dummer, one Lillian McCarthy. But first off, before all that good stuff, but first, let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Sue, the Queen or Tart. Hello, lovely people. It's Sue here, Queen or Tart, on the Twitters with another week in Ambridge. If you're triggered by babies, fat cats, food shortages, mild choking, granny wars, or gender stereotyping, then look away now. <laughs> at the Horror Bims this week, Oliver the Fat Cat has good intentions to make things up to Brad for getting his job finished early. Tracy can't give Brad any money to attend his math school. She's barely holding things together. And she doesn't want Brad at the chicken factory, as then he might see that she's bullied at work. I know many of us love Tracy, and we hope that she has a happy birthday. But I can't help but think she's going to find it difficult to accept the money. that I can't help but think she's going to find it difficult to accept the voucher that Chelsea and Brad have bought for her. Let's hope Brad's new job comes to pass. I'll put money on Oliver's birthday card, never get into Tracy. I wonder if Oliver put a tenner in it, like an old granny. Talking of fat cats, Justin really is a bit of a shit, isn't he? Lillian moved over to Ambridge Hall so she could get to grips with Ardil and get away from the builders. Lindy is keeping her friends close, but her enemies closer. I've got to say, setting Ruby on Ardil seemed a bit extreme, I thought. She's more likely to lick him to death. Ruby, I mean. But Justin saying it's all Lillian fault seems somewhat delusional. He is clearly a soft touch when it comes to Ruby. They might not have to deal with Shula at the stable soon if she goes off to do some unconventional bickering and leaves Alice to run the stables. I'd like to know where Alice is earning money to have paid Shula back. Any ideas? Mm. At Brookfield, David is whining, apparently. We didn't actually hear him. About the cost of living but they're simply nowhere near the levels of poverty of the Horribans. They might have to cut back on takeaway pizza, though I'm sure they could get a mate's rate from Ian and Adam, so long as they all ensure their first aid training is up to date. Jill could at least give Rosie an ice cream machine, which sounds like a great present, which Tracy might appreciate, rather than her taking it back to the shop. Let's hope the WI recover from their tasting opportunity. What a shame that happened to Jean Harvey. So... And we finally found out that Tom and Natasha won't have to decide about whether to gender stereotype their babies since they have a brace of girls. It's all good stuff. I hope Tom learns enough Welsh to work out what's being said about him by Natasha and her man. <laughs> I am quite excited by the prospect of watching battling grannies soon. Ooh, let me get my knitting in a comfy chair. Now, shall I do some booties in rainbow colours, ready for when the twins declare themselves non-binary? We'll find out next week, maybe. Oh, I like that. That was awesome. Uh, right, where do you want to start with with this week? What's your overarching impressions of the last week in Ambridge? Well, um, Pip and the mm. problem with Rose's porkiness. Um, <laughs> that isn't very PC, is it? It's not very woke to call somebody, <laughs> you know. Porky. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that in real life, but this is um, real life in Ambridge, isn't it? So, mm. um, I, I was quite confused by the whole uniform thing that upset Rosie because she couldn't fit into it. I was also irritated by Pip's reaction to it, which really was very over the top. I mean, she must have realised that this woman, Granny, who her Granny, who's been giving uh, her free childcare. Obviously, can't be running the child around all over the farm. Um, uh, would be, and likes baking. She's known as a baker. I mean, she even attacked her, somebody with a flapjack once. So, I mean, <laughs> she, she's known for her baking. <laughs> so, uh, so I found the the I've been very mixed about that storyline. I mean, obviously, it, it helps to remind people with these little public service things that. Uh, you know, uh, we need to make sure our toddlers have more exercise. But mm. it's been a funny way of going around it. You know, what? I, I hear you. I hear you. But I, I, I kind of loved it. I know, you know, and you know, I loved even more. The most of all, I should say, 
is the vision of Jill and little Rosie all cuddled up on the sofa. I know, isn't that? It I was just so thought, lovely. Yeah, totally lovely. Granny. Yeah, and of totally course, I'm, des- I'm desperate to get my hands on my own grandchildren. So, because that made me think, that's her great grandchild. She had all that with her grandchildren, and mm-hmm. you know, she's now got it with a great grandchild. How fantastic! What a great family setting. So. Absolutely, absolutely, and it does stand to reason that uh, you know she's slipping her flapjacks. You know, yeah. you know, making all nice and hearty for for the coming winter. You know, not just flapjacks, not just flapjacks, Royfield. It's a millionaire's shortbread. I like a bit of millionaire's shortbread meat. And I don't eat sweets. No, exactly. I was going to say, it's going to say, like, you need to be consistent on this podcast, Mrs. Because according to you, yeah, (laughs) no sweets. (laughs) But do you know, there's nothing nicer, nothing Mm -hmm. nicer than walking around a National Trust property and going into the uh, tea room and having Mm. a good cup of of tea and a millionaire's shortbread. You need that sugar boost at four o'clock in the afternoon. Even I do. So you do (laughs) like sweet things after all? Yeah, I do like occasionally. I don't eat them very often. I've just left the family finishing dinner here on the mm. terrace because it's another stinking hot day. Sorry about the rain in Birmingham. Eating the rest of the trifle from last night's dinner party. We had a dinner party last night and I made a giant trifle and there was lots left. So they've just finished it. And in fact, I couldn't finish any, eat any last night and they've just eaten it all tonight. So I've never even tasted that. How do you say trifle in French? We see, say, we say English trifle, le, 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 le truc à l'anglaise, the, the something English. But, you know, in something. Italian... It's called a something. Yeah, a something. We, that's what we call it because we don't know what it's called in French because nobody here knows ah. about it. Good heavens. <laughs> Think, things I learn when I'm hanging out with you. But you know what? I could talk about trifle all day. But considering we we're on the clock, we're on the clock. Indeed. Hello, Ambridge3962. We've got two dicks on the show this week, haven't we? Dick one, dick two. Richard Beveridge is up first. Hello, everybody. Richard Beveridge here. Biffo prop on the Twitters. I hope you're all well. Greetings from the sunkist Duchy of Lancaster. It occurred to me earlier in the week we've had the two halves of Ambridge mothering shown to us. On Monday, I think, Natasha was a little rude about the cardigans that Cat Clary had given her for the boys and deciding to put pink her boy child in a pink cardigan is a piece of grave folly i suspect she doesn't know that one in 12 boys are colorblind and it may may not matter to boy child what whether he wears blue or pink at all then we have pip has been outsourcing rosie while following a career which appears to be trading slurry and waving her arms around brookfield Perhaps if you hadn't done that, Pip, and had paid your daughter a little more attention, it might have saved you a bit of hand-wringing this week. If you contrast Pip and Natasha with Tracy, who is putting herself where no one else in Ambridge would want to be in order to bring in a wage to keep her family afloat, perhaps there is some lessons in humility and proper motherhood that both Pip and Natasha could learn. As always, very well written to uh, generate these sorts of feelings. I'd like to say Goramahagat to uh, Ambridge Pony Club for a delightful meeting last week in Dublin. Very pleased to meet other Dumpty Dummers and uh, look forward to doing that more in the future. And my fond regards to everyone in Dumpty Dum world, especially Philippa's dad. Tinkity Tonk. Tinkity Tonk, indeed. Uh, Good sign off. It is a st- stunning sign off. And uh, I presume that's a little bit of uh, Gaelic. First off, I think it's a little bit harsh, uh, Mr. Beveridge, but thank you for the call. To, to, to say Natasha could learn a lesson or two in terms of mothering, she's only been a mother since Friday. Yeah, you know, I agree. She's... I think everybody's very quick, weren't they, to jump in on uh, her lack of mothering skills, uh, you know, knowing how to deal with those little multicolored cardigans. She's an expectant mum. It's not the same as being a mum. No, uh, absolutely not. And, you know, she's still got a, you know, a, a water wings on, a training wheels on, you know. Uh, so, so, you know, it's like everybody's allowed 
to uh, make a mistake or two uh, when you haven't even had the kids. But anyway, uh, apart from that, though, I thought it was an astute observation that it was Indeed. fundamentally all about mothering because the other the other mothers were great grandmothers there were stepmothers not stepmothers uh, mothers-in-law sorry yeah you know it was all about mothers so well done it mr was. beverage spot yeah. on the money there spot on the money what else did glad, mr b talk it, about i'm glad he had a nice meet up with uh ambridge pony club jen yes who i've met once she came along to the, the live show in in brum lovely lady Everybody, I did say I was going to dust off Tractor. Nah, I kind of don't really need to dust it off. Just go click on Tractor. It's there on the navigation at the top of the homepage of Dumpty Dum. And uh, you can see where everybody lives. Now, it's obviously not their postal address. You can't see that somebody lives there. I know that you Number live 67. at one Acacia. There you go. Number 67, Acacia Avenue, Sanguin, France. No. Yeah, it just indeed. basically says... It just basically t- tells you the town where somebody lives. So you know their approximation. So, and then what you can do, then you click on their profile and you can send them a little message and say, oh, you live down the road from me. Uh, why don't we meet up and have a coffee, talk about uh, the archers. And uh, and that's lovely to hear that now the COVID's, and I was about to say COVID's behind us. It's so not behind us, but at least things have opened up. Things are opening up. So people are safe. You can go out. And you can meet a fellow fan of the archers and talk about talk about the twins or yeah. anything else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very so, interesting. The twins. Oh, I don't. I don't know whether we've got. Oh, you've got notes. I, I, I saw I, you. I saw you looking away, look, looking down. Yeah, says to me you've come prepared. I'm. No, I always make notes on the calls. The people that call in, everything else is freehand. <laughs> But uh, in fact, I was thinking nobody, nobody's actually wrote, rang in and talked about the actual twins and the birth of the twins. So I want to say something that about. Okay, well, listen, I'm no, not going to stop you. I'm not going to no, stop you. No, you can cut it out afterwards. So, Jacqueline, well, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> you won't be able to. <laughs> this Nova and Seren, 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 mm. the two star babies. Um, uh-huh. uh, because, in fact, in Breton, we have a name. Uh, star mm-hmm. is Steren with a T S T, and so it's, and a lot of Welsh speakers uh, and Breton speakers have the same words. So from another podcast that you do uh, with Fiona, um, we've always had this this uh, speculation as to whether she would be able to speak to my husband in Breton, mixed wow. up languages. Yeah, exactly. So close, so close. It did. Talking about another podcast, and this is going to be such a quick diversion, everybody. If you're just waiting for hot Archer's insights, did you see the thread on things that made England about buttering buttered bread? bread. Oh God, crazy! That shocked me so much. I wanted to write an essay about it. (laughs) For for those of you that that do not know, if you're British, hang on to your hats right now. You're about to be shocked. The Americans do not butter bread at all, let alone if they're making a sandwich. Now, I did not know this until I went to America a few years ago. I buttering a bit of bread. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm buttering a bit of bread to make a sandwich. She said, why would you want to do that? I looked at her like she was mad. She looked at me like I was committing some culinary faux pas. She just <laughs> couldn't understand. Like, both of us were just like jaw agape, looking at each other. I'm like, how else do you make a sandwich? Anyway. There's a wonderful thread on Quora this week, and uh, somebody said, I, "I've noticed on." Oh God, it's got the accent completely wrong because this was an American. This American said, "I've noticed that on British uh, cookery shows that uh, that people butter bread. Is this a is this a common thing in England?" Which everybody <laughs> in England said, "Of course it fucking is." What else? Do- <laughs> What else would you do? Exactly. I know. I mean, uh, even even uh, Lonnie, our, our dear a Witherspoon, got involved because he said, but we have yeah. mayo, we have mayo. But I wouldn't put mayo on every sandwich. You put mayo on well, a slice if, of bed for salad. But if you, Exactly. If you're making a jam sandwich, are you going to put mayo down first? No, butter. Whoa. Butter. Egg sandwiches. Oh, my God. Well, how could you have oh an egg God. sandwich without butter? <laughs> anyway, we really should oh, come sorry. back to the archers. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. The they, they didn't mention sandwiches in the archers this week. Uh, well, no, they, they did, actually, because mm. Chelsea said that uh, Jazza said we could maybe go and have a picnic for the mum's birthday and he'd make some sandwiches. We pulled it all back Absolutely. together. There's the link. 
There's the link. <laughs> we can relax now. Uh, have we done Richard Beveridge? Because I, I, I'm so lost now. Um, you did, you can speak make... Breton, Breton and Welsh are very closely related. You and Fiona. Sam, America's not buttering bread, the heathens. <laughs> uh, Richard said it was all about mothers, and I couldn't agree with him more. He's a Absolutely. little bit harsh about Natasha. Can we now move on? We can. I think we've we... got another r- dick coming up as well. Who's washing up? <laughs> I know. So you want to go to Dick Two first? Why don't we spread yeah, yeah. the dicks out and let's go, have... for, go for a rant? Right. Let's let's go for <laughs> Bernadette Hawks. Oh, and you know what? A bit. She's starting to produce this show. Look what she did yes, at the start of her caller in her. Absolutely. Well, it's Bernadette Hawks here at Archer's Fan 2015 and Johnny Nash asking, saying there are more questions than answers. Sums it up for me the last, well, it's the last couple of weeks I think I'm talking about on the Archers. Why is Chelsea so loud and so horrid? I know she's a teenager, but why is Linda Snell being so cold and vicious towards Ardell? Why have Helen and Tom run with the idea that Ardell set them about getting um, buffalo at the farm. I mean, no research, but they've gone madly ahead doing it. There are plenty of other questions that I can't, I can't answer either, but I think I'm going to stop there because it'll just turn into a rant and you don't want to hear me ranting. Thanks for the podcast. Bernadette Walks, signing off. I disagree. I quite like to hear a rant. Don't you love a rant, you, but... don't you? I do. I, do. I love it when listeners get, caller in get impassioned. You know, you must have that all the time, dealing with French politics. The French are always arm-waving and sacra-blurring and throwing their berets on the ground in frustration. Oh, or their gilets. They're, they're yellow gilets. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Maybe, maybe uh... in Paris, but not here. Uh, so uh, Bernadette Hawkes, uh, you know, very important person ar- around here. Uh, appreciate uh, the production of the podcast that you did there, Johnny Ash. Anyway, Jacqueline Berto, could you discuss the meat and potatoes of that call? I agree with Bernadette with every question. I've probably got a few more to add of my own. Uh, Ooh, but, okay. But, well, yeah, but it's all around the same subject. Linda, I can't understand why Linda is being quite as she is with Adil. Makes Adil. no sense. That no, makes no sense whatsoever. It's not even in character, because I know she's a bit of a weird character with things and can be a bit snotty about things, but this is this is her earning her little, well, as we say in French, putting the butter on the spinach uh, of her life uh, by earning a bit of extra uh, pin mm. money. Do we say in England? Yeah. Uh, pin money to, uh, by having these, um, uh, bed and breakfast guests. And she's being absolutely foul to him. Absolutely foul. You know, it's not even particularly fun to listen to. It's not as if there's like no. a certain level of comedy or even pathos to it. And mm. actually, Adil is a professional, right? Yeah. Isn't he? He's basically managing the, the handover of Greg Gables. Now, he doesn't have to be there. He can afford to be somewhere else. And after weeks and weeks of the host being rude to you in a small house, you would just leave. You you would would. just leave. You just say, you know what? I don't need this. Up sticks. Absolutely. And you add into the mix uh, Lily and Justin and bloody Ruby. Uh, on his bed. I mean, I'm I, as you know, I've got dogs, and I I love a dog or two or three. But I think you have to respect personal spaces. There are rules. You know, Linda can't twist the rules uh, for one lot of guests and not for another. He's not allowed to sing in the shower because it disturbs other guests if there were any. 
mm. this whole whole business. I think it's added a bit of farcical nuance having Lillian there, mm. but it's not improved my enjoyment of that story at all. The whole thing are just reeks of nonsense to me. Reeks Indeed. of nonsense. At least it doesn't reek of buffaloes, which is where uh, Helen and Tom... Uh, <laughs> and we said this last week, or maybe I, I ranted about it, because like Bernadette, I have so many questions over. How can a one-off conversation with the Bridge Farm lot suddenly come up with them all doing this research about buying buffaloes to make mozzarella? <sighs> yeah, I don't it, get it. it. Listen, it, it makes no sense. And, and yet again, marketing from Helen. I don't care bridge farm and marketing. I'm just not interested. Not interested. <laughs> You've never been interested in bridge farm, though. You've never, never, well, never. That's not quite true. I like Pat and Tony as a couple. I think they complement each other really well, and I believe them as a couple. I've, mm. I've got a soft spot for Tony. It was excruciating to listen to in the late noughts when Tom was uh, running his sausage empire. But I was kind of in it, but I was in it, you know. But I do have a problem with Helen. Less Bridge Farm, more Helen that I have a problem with. Yeah, I, I don't know if we that... said a few weeks ago, we said that, didn't we? You said, yeah, we've got sympathy with her, but we don't actually like her. But there was one line this week that made me laugh out loud. And it was when um, uh, some comment on the website about Adam in action with the Montes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness me, what are they talking about? <laughs> I had pictures flashing before my eyes. I just had a thought. I don't want to like, massively drag us away from our in-depth Archers chat. This is episode 450. Ah! Last one, isn't it? No, no, Royfield, it's not. Simple. Should, should we continue doing it, shall we? Well, go on, persuade me. <laughs> Or I let's, let's, let's see how I feel at the end of the episode. We'll do another one. <laughs> the best and the easiest way for you to record a message to become a caller in is to go to speakpipe.com forward slash dumdum. Don't forget the T in the middle, or you can go to dumdum.com and you'll see the little red tab. Go and hit that, and uh, you can record a, a message of up to two minutes. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And don't forget that we need your calls in by 6 p.m. on Sunday UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind that you need to be at least 18 to take part. So this next bit has gone unheeded uh, recently and it's slap wrists all round because there's like few thousand of you that download this podcast we do actually need your help we are actually a community now there are a few things you can do to help us first off if you haven't done so already hit the subscribe tab on whatever podcast you, you listen to us on and give us a five star review because that would be awesome and most hugely appreciated and when you give us a five star review well if you give us a review you can even say it's pony uh, we will actually read it out 
Yeah, so um, that's one way you can actually get on the podcast. But give us a five-star review. means it will get more listeners listening to the podcast. The third and the last thing you can do is, is consider becoming a patron. Patron is a way of tipping us creators and there are different levels with different rewards. Now, next month, we're going to have our first Patreon Friday. We're going to re- reprise them from two years ago. And that is going to go out to all listeners of Dum Dum. However, then after that, the monthly Zooms will only be for the Patreons. So if you want a ringside seat with all the action, become a Patreon. Now, before we go back to the calls, don't forget, you can send us an email if you don't fancy hearing your voice by going on to dumdydum.com and hitting the Contact Us tab. Next, we go to the Highlands of Scotland, and it's Carol. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline, and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. Carol from the Highlands. Well, it's uh, Wednesday night and already I've had enough of Shula. Is she going to be a vicar or a riding school proprietor? She can't be both. I know nothing about vicaring, but running an equestrian centre is more than a full-time job. A yard needs a well-structured routine with a reliable, trustworthy and consistent person leading that team. Someone who shows commitment and enthusiasm for the animals in their care. Someone who's a role model, who passes on their love for horses to clients and staff. So this has been going on long enough. Her staff must be fed up with her. And that can be be passed on to the horses. And Lord knows what the clients are thinking. So time to go, Shula. But who will run the riding school? Plot prediction here. Alice. Completely unsuitable, of course. No equestrian qualifications or experience of running a yard. But Anything would be better than Shula right now. But beware, Alice, there's a red flag flying. I think there's a charitable element to Shula's work with her disabled riders. And Justin was persuaded by Alice that this could be turned into a lucrative enterprise. No, no, no. And no again, a business and a charity must never rub alongside each other. The charity body Oscar will set the hounds of hell on you all. So back off, Justin, and take care, Alice. So that's my midweek rant over. And love to you all. Bye. Thank you for that, Carol from the Highlands. Ah, so I, I know Ambridge Pony Club's going to talk about this uh, later, about the whole kind of business of the equining with the, with the therapy and then with the... The business stables. side of it. Yeah, and the business side of things. But, but with the stables, so they house the horses, don't they? You have your horse, yeah. you leave it at the stables, right? And it gets yeah. looked after. And they obviously have some horses that are their own as well. Yeah. They must own some, yeah. For and then, lessons. you, yeah, and then people can come along. Yeah, people have lessons on, on how to ride. What else do you do at the stables? I don't know because I've never had anything to do with any stables. I'm a complete innocent. I once had a husband that rode, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Cost a lot of money. What he he cost you a lot of money, or no, his, the, his horse? Cost. His horse. Oh, thing okay. didn't uh, last uh, long. Okay. <laughs> I'm not qualified to talk about about the, but, the contents of Carol's uh, call. Other than I think she made a good point. I don't know if I completely agree, but got to keep the charitable away from the hard-headed business. You know, yeah, I, I agree I, with that. Because I'm saying I yeah. don't know. I can see exactly what Carol's getting at. You know, the uh, the fact that uh, Shula is being very um, charitable, wanting to do the uh, equine therapy, help other people, but the business side of it, and it's going to be a clash with uh, Lillian and um, uh, Justin. It's just not going to work from that point of view. So, mm. Carol agreed with me. Chula is a bit of a pain, isn't she? Oh, yeah. what is it with everybody just hating on poor Shula? I'm not hating, just irritated by her. Yeah, I what I especially liked about Carol when she said she can either be a, um, a, a stable manager, run the riding, instructing, or a vicar. She can't do both. I, I don't know if that is true. I honestly don't know that that, is, that that is true, to be honest with you. I do not know. Can I say that one more time? Ich you don't weiß know. nicht. Ich weiß tu ne nicht. Sais pas. Tu ne sais there pas. you go. There you go. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right. Anyway, Carol, 
I don't think we've necessarily done with the future of the stables and the diversification of the business strategy of the stables. It seems like old Alice is um, going to be going to end up running it, isn't she? Yeah, she definitely seems to be lining up for it. But as Carol pointed out, she doesn't have any qualifications in anything to do with horses and equine management and nuclear astrophysics, wedding planner. There you go. There's a blast from the (laughs) past. (laughs) She can definitely turn a hand to anything, old Alice. (laughs) So so I think uh, the fact that she's done that in the past, she'll be able to get away with it. But she did manipulate old Justin, didn't she, to let him think that money could be made. But if it's about money making, Mm. that changes the fundamentals of Shula and her charitableness. The other thing to to say about Alice, she did run home farm for a bit. And, okay, she was a bit, you know, on the job. So she has run a concern before. Mm. She can do it. How complicated can the stables be? The business has been run for how many years? It fundamentally runs itself. It just needs someone just to rubber stamp it. Auntie Christine first had it, didn't she? Yes, she did. Auntie Christine had it. Then Shula took it over. We've been doing our research this week. We have. We're good we, on research this well, week. Well done. We're hot on it, hot on it. Um, horses are big things. They're quite nice. People like to ride them. You can make money out of them. And uh, some people like eating horse meat. Not me, though. Not me. Moving on from that, it's Jen Ambridge Pony Club. And I believe she's going to continue the comment. What are you shaking your head for? You and your horse meat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I've never eaten horse meat. I'm just, I'm just saying. Anyway. Uh, Jen, Ambridge Pony Club, your time is now. Greetings, Royfield and Jacqueline. Jen here at Ambridge Pony Club. Uh, Just calling in with abject apologies to Jacqueline. Um, Myself and Richard had a little dum-de-dum meet-up in Dublin at the weekend and we had promised a dum-de-dum and we forgot to record one, so I'm very sorry. Um, I would encourage anybody who's out there to get on that tractor when Royfield's dusted it off and find yourself some fellow dum-de-dummers and go and meet them for a coffee. I have yet to meet a dum-de-dummer who is not a lovely, genuine, very interesting person, and the meetups are always fun. Last week, you were some comments about equine therapy. Um, just my 10 cents on that, I guess. I, I do think it's a bit of a weird business model for that particular stable. When they're going into building a high-end event course and the luxury end of the market and all of that, it doesn't fit particularly well with doing an equine therapy center. A little bit two kind of different business streams at the same time. However, equine therapy is very much a thing. Um, There are lots of different types and it's becoming actually very important um, in a lot of ways right now. Uh, you can have equine therapy that perhaps is most familiar, riding for the disabled, which is a form of physical therapy for people, as well as you know, pleasure, enjoyment and social and everything else. Then there is therapy which is directed at people with addictions or people with um, mental health problems, particularly things like anxiety or post-traumatic stress disorder. It can also be an amazing way for autistic people to connect. Um, so there's lots of different equine therapy. And then there's a third stream, I guess, to the equine therapy, which is a more um, corporate level. I have seen it used where you have uh, team building or leadership or this kind of thing. So depending on the model, um, it would be probably necessary for Sheila to have some idea about actual genuine counselling skills um, if she's going to be getting into treating people who have mental health disorders, for example, I would have thought she'd need uh, Witherspoon or someone to come along and join her in this enterprise. Um, however, it's just to say, you sh- it's well worth uh, a quick Google. Um, we provide software and technology and support to a wonderful organisation called Horses for People in Northern Ireland. Um, there are many of these organisations in the UK too. Um, some of the best ones actually help ex-servicemen. So they take, they do two wonderful things. They take racehorses who have finished their career, need a new home, aren't really suitable as a riding horse for whatever reason. Um, so they can go on and have a second career as a therapy animal. 
have a beautiful home, be well looked after and do something really positive. And then they take ex-servicemen and help people who have terrible PTSD or things like this. And by them working with the horses, makes the horses' lives better, it makes their lives better. And it's just an all round good thing. So I'd like to see it happen in Ambridge, but I can see why Justin doesn't really think it's a fit. Bye for now. Anybody would think that our conversation before uh, Madame Berto queued up that call beautifully. Anybody Absolutely. would think there's some, there's me saying, hmm, what else can you do with the stables? There's the answer. All Absolutely. that stuff. What a great call. We're talking about giving you information and leads to Google and follow mm-hmm. up on stuff. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Thanks very much, Jen, for that. Um, I've got a question uh, that came up from her call, though about Shula and her counselling skills. And I agree with Jen that she would probably need to um, be involved with somebody like Al Witherspoon. But, in fact, surely her training to be a vicar must include some kind of how to counsel people because that's basically what vicars do, isn't it? It is, really. It's uh, holding people's hands, drinking cups of tea. Yeah, a lot of counselling of the bereaved. Marriages. Yeah, go sorry. So when, when people True, get married, yes. they have to be yeah. counselled. When you have your baby baptised, do you, uh, the vicar will go along and talk to you about whether you want to have your baby baptised and why and blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. As somebody who got married in a the church, there was a five-minute conversation, but it was like, so you're a Christian. And I went, not so much really, but I'm doing this for my family. And he went, all right, then marry you. Right. And then... When little Noah was baptised, it was, it was a similar thing. Right. So don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are vicars who absolutely sit down with the couple before they get married and say, you know, we need three sessions here, one hour each, you know, for three weeks or whatever. But and I'm not knocking the pastoral work that vicars do, but I think it's more grief counselling. That's when they really dig in. People's faith who are committed Christians and the, and the faith is really called into question, you know, why is it that my husband, my wife, my son, my daughter has died or got... My, or myself. And then that's when they really do their work because the marriage stuff, it really was so perfunctory because they want, they, they want the cash. They want the cash. They're a business. Hmm. I think you're being you very cynical. A, I am being a little bit cynical, but I think, before I go down that road, I honestly think that Shula is a very good listener. I think she's excellent. And I know that the the majority of the listenership dislike her. Put that to one side. Proof of the pudding is Alice. And I know I said this last week. Alice was like, no, Shula, you listened to me. You gave me space, Mm. right? This was a respite away from uh, the booze and me feeling like an inadequate mother. I don't think she quite said that, but that's fundamentally it. Shula recognised, she recognised that she needed that space and she gave it to her. I think maybe a lot of the time we think that if somebody is like giving pastoral care, it's like therapeutic care in terms of doling out advice. You should do this, you should do that. But sometimes you just got to just listen, haven't you? Give people space. And Shula awesome at that and i think she'd be a very good vicar just saying pretty good i'm sure she will be i'm sure since last week's program i've analyzed Mm. a bit my dislike of uh and i can't did you look deep into yourself and realize it was all about you i i listened to what you said and about me being harsh and i hate there's nothing worse for me than being accused of being harsh (laughs) i don't like that kind of uh that i've got that kind of cynical outlook about somebody just like it made me think and i still haven't decided what i think yet because i'm still you haven't done enough self-reflection to realize no exactly this is all about you really you're you're sure hate i don't think it is all about me Dear Royfield, <laughs> I think maybe I'm influenced by people on Twitter, actually. So, yeah. But that's the first conclusion I came to, is I listen to too much what other people say. When I was really active on Twitter, the amount of Shula Bile did really surprise me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Everybody has not only an opinion about this woman, but a virulent opinion about this woman. I was like, hmm. she hasn't murdered anyone. 
No. But anyway. She hasn't even been to prison, has she? No. Susan Carter. Yeah, exactly. Susan's a loved character and she went to prison. Yeah. So there you go. It's not the the be all and end all. Right. Mm, Now, should we have our second dick? Why not? Why not? Richard, you're up. Hi, Richard here. On my way to Lisbon. I'm very, very annoyed about the Brad Scholarship for the Mass Summer School storyline. On the one hand, one up for his teacher, Mrs. Pinker, my dad, who used to admit the students to Oxford University for many decades when he was still alive, was always on the lookout for talented kids who didn't have the advantage of a privileged background. The idea that this scholarship doesn't include funding for the kid who comes top to actually attend is incredible. The idea that Oliver wants to sponsor the Bouncy Castle and all kinds of toys and games at the Village Fair or Fate or whatever it is and doesn't have the insight that the colossal amount of money he's got selling 40% of Great Gables shouldn't find 500 or 1,000 quid to support Brad is beyond me. If he's going to turn around later and suddenly do it, he's a nasty piece of work for not having spotted it earlier. But if there's one thing that a wealthy older man or woman would do who sees someone in Brad's situation would be to support him. Plus, why the hell didn't he put pressure on Eddie and co? He saved them a lot of time and money by sponsoring some equipment to make their job more efficient. He should turn around to them and say, like, what the hell? Why aren't you going to pay him? So all in all, go Brad. I love that call. Very quickly, is you really shouldn't do a call in or whilst you are washing up the dishes or you're in the near vicinity of someone who's washing washing the dishes because i must admit i did act to edit out some of the clanking and and the banging and we didn't quite get to the end richard however putting that to one side great call what do you reckon madame berto well richard was on his way to lisbon so maybe he was in a uh, an airport bar somebody else doing the thing right so um, i agree with him although i felt he was very harsh for oliver um I like Oliver, and I think Oliver's been a bit of a lost soul since the death of Caroline. Should Oliver automatically be registering that Brad should be going on that scholarship? Should he be supporting him to go up automatically? Or should Brad be asking him? It's a very delicate position, isn't it? But as as, um, Richard said, an older man recognising that a younger person needs to be given the opportunity to do something. It's a very interesting question because Brad wouldn't ask him outright for the money and Oliver maybe doesn't feel that he ought to offer, whereas Richard's saying he thinks he was ignoring the fact that he should offer. Mm. Yeah, I think the other thing is as well, like we, we know where this is going to end up, where he's going to make, make the offer because that's what Oliver does. But also yeah. Oliver... Though he's not the squire of the village, he kind of is part of the squirearchy, isn't he? Yeah. Very, very paternal. He's a one nation Tory. He likes to see somebody who's working hard and if he can kind of help them. We, we've talked about him with Ed, et cetera, et cetera. I said it last week and other people have said it, so it's hardly a unique thought and feeling of mine. Give me intergenerational relationships all day long with the archers. Love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. But th- this Brad character is almost a little bit too good to be true, though, isn't he? And I mean that in the nicest possible way. You know, even down to Chelsea having a go at him about th- this spa day and giving 50 quid. And he even ponied up the money. Yeah, yeah. he did. You know, nice you know, nice yeah, putting other people before himself all the time. Tracy crying, saying he can't fully blossom because I'm his mother, because he is a horror bin. Anything else to add? Slightly too good to be true. I put a question mark over that, but I um, I bow to your superior knowledge, maybe. We'll see. Oh, no, no, no. My, my knowledge is hardly hardly uh, superior to yours, Madame Berto. But I think we've just about run the rule over the last week in Ambridge. I don't think there's anything else too much to... Oh, yes, there is. Oh, yes, there is. Last Friday, what a wonderful episode with the birth of the twins. I can't believe nobody called in to talk about that. No, no. But in fact, it's all been uh, usurped now because we've had such a delay in recording this. Do you know Jen? 
of uh, Ambridge Pony Club. Her little dog had six puppies in the night this night, and it's a little dash hound type of <laughs> chihuahua thing. So that, you know, forget Natasha. She can moan all she likes. Well done, Jen's dog. <laughs> uh, you'd rather talk about Jen's dog, her bitch, as opposed to Natasha. Yeah. Right, I prefer, smashing. I prefer um, dogs. That's that's why I'm that one up. So I take it that's been all out on the socials then? Yeah, early this morning. Poor Jen, I don't think she had much sleep last night because you have to watch them and care for them. Yeah. But well, her little pooch is going to be in very good hands because she's a vet. Not Absolutely. Only she, you know, so, Fantastic. Yeah. Um, but just coming back to Ambridge. Just for yes. a moment, oh, yeah, Ambridge. Right? What's that? Yeah. Thought it was a lovely episode. The reveal of the names was great. Mm, I still you, have a doubt. Like, well, mm. no, no, whether you like the names or not, the reveal yeah. of the names, I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Because it was a surprise, wasn't it? Tom was Absolutely. a twonk. So Tom's always a twonk. So there you go. <laughs> you know, we said earlier on in this episode that it's a bit harsh to have a go at poor Natasha's mothering skills when it's been a matter of hours since she'd become a mother. Absolutely. It's a little bit harsh to call Tom a twonk when he's lost one child in this regard, in this regard. Yeah. One child, what, some three, four years ago. You know, he is literally walking on eggshells, making sure that everything's going to be all right. I, but I just thought in terms of the writing, it's a wonderful episode. And also the reveal that actually it's two girls. Yeah, you isn't know. it good that we saw that there was a mistake uh, yes. An error, but nothing's perfect. You know, you couldn't ever, we can't blame anybody for that. And I just thought that was lovely. It was a nice touch. Also, mm. we wasted half an hour talking about the problem of identical twins, I think, on this pod- same podcast. So I don't know about it. I don't know if we wasted, you know, no. I thought we <laughs> <laughs> fully investigated all, all the possibilities and probabilities. And, uh, you know, it was good intellectual jousting, I reckon. Mm. I don't know about wasting. I wouldn't say wasting, Madame Berto. No, but, no. In fact, I never find time spent with you, I feel, is wasted. Oh, smooth. Smooth. <laughs> well done. Well done. Well, that's the end of our caller in us, um, everybody. And now it's email in us. Oh, we don't have any. What's the matter with you lot, right? You had a you had a stonking week of Archer's dumb. Not one of you could email in. Now, quite simply, to email in, all you do is you go to dumdydum.com, hit contact us, and then that is how you write us an email. So if you are a little bit shy of hearing your own voice on the podcast, that is an awesome, awesome, awesome way of getting your message to us. Uh, so that's the end of that. So now we go on to um, reviews on iTunes. Oh, there's no reviews on iTunes. Do you think we've been deserted, Rife? Do you think it's just me and you? There's a pattern pattern emerging here. So quite simply, write us a review. Go go to Apple iTunes, write us a review, and uh, we do then read them out. So it's another way of getting your name on the show and uh, bigging yourself up uh, just a little. So that's that. Uh, So now... Uh, we should uh, go on to Facebook and see what our good uh, Facebook Facebookerinners have been saying about the last week in Amherst, courtesy of Katie. Hey up my ducks, it's Katie here, at Katie P Land on Twitter and Instagram. There were four main topics of discussion this week. Here are a few posts from each. Firstly, Tracy's family. Natalie Galopi pointed out that Tracy is her own worst enemy sometimes. Yep. John McGee was surprised when Susan offered 50 to Chelsea. But was it £50 or 50p? Maybe there's a secret side to Susan we don't know. Then we moved on to Rosie, Toby and Pip, where Martin van der Hervel had his mental images of them turned on their heads. After expecting them to be slender, he's now picturing them with a slight hint of a double chin, and that sparked a discussion. Paul Newman asked a question, then answered his own question in the same post. And we heard from P, who was fuming about this storyline. Topic three was Shula. Kate Lyle stuck up for Shula and her riding therapy idea and said that for some people, no matter what Shula does is wrong. The post contained a lot of messages of agreement. And Rob Williams pointed out a scary thought. Shula wondering about her future. Brian on sick leave. Could Judy Bennett and Charles Collingwood be thinking of retirement? I hope not, Rob. Lastly, we have Tom, Natasha and the unexpected bundles of joy. Paul Newman started the week by posting, isn't Tom a complete dot dot dot? 
Come on now, folks, fill in the blanks. When I looked in the comments, I was pleasantly surprised with how many I could have actually read out without making people like P blush. Heather Loverbond wondered why Natasha didn't speak to Elizabeth or Jill about having twins beforehand, but was very happy that Di Botcher is playing her mum, as was Stephen Thomas. In other news, Witherspoon shared a photo and info of a telescopic handler. You learn something new every day. Hannah Warren spotted Justin Elliott in a rare moment of charity and escaped to the country. Well, she spotted Simon Williams, a much nicer chap than his character, it seems. Emily Wilson spotted Helen in Grantchester. And Jonah Titchmarsh heard Lillian and Matt in the cast of Lorna Doon. Guy R. Williams shared an interesting article from The Telegraph headlined No More Rural Ideal. Even The Archers is feeling the cost of living pinch. Definitely worth a read. Kay Goff asked, could last night's episode be any more annoying? I think for most of us, this can be said about a lot of episodes, so I won't say which day this was posted. Peter Fox made a good point and wondered why there is no GP in Ambridge, as well as no one going to the pub at the moment. Very odd. There was alarm in the group when instead of Thursday's episode, people got an advertisement for another show. Seems like this happened for a lot of us, but the episode followed shortly behind that. Panic over. Mike Jennings popped to Darrington Services and had a sudden urge to beat some pensioners at cricket. Did anyone take you up on the offer, Mike? And Julia Delwish. I agree with you. I bet Jill's millionaire shortbread is amazing and dangerous in equal measures. I'll end with a good news teaser from Stephen Bowden, but won't spoil it here. Check it out. As usual, welcome to the newbies. Make yourselves known. Settle in with a cuppa and let us know your thoughts. Until next time, ta As always, Katie, uh, a great job that you've done. And uh, yes. we would like to th- we'd like to thank you. So uh, well done, Katie, who I know is in Southampton this weekend, seeing her boyfriend. So, oh, uh, that's nice. Yeah, very nice indeed. <laughs> now, earlier on, we were talking about tractor. Mm-hmm. And I've got a little tractor thing because I'm actually going to be in the UK uh, the beginning of September for a family wedding. And on the 1st and 2nd of September, my sister is daring to work and leave me alone in her house. So if anybody's in the uh, whole Pocklington area and wants to have a coffee and chew the fat about a shula, for example, send me a message. I'd like to meet up. Ooh, there you go, folks. You can meet the one half of the dum de dum duo. Uh, so um, if you're in East Yorkshire, North Lincolnshire, uh, if I was you, I'd get Tractor in and send our Jacqueline a message. Now, we need to welcome our new members to Facebook this week. Now, this week, we only had a couple. Yes, the first was, Royfield always gives me the ones that are difficult to pronounce. John Marest. Jean Marais? Jean Marest? And Evan Lawrenson. But we are on Twitter under at DumTDum. Our team always includes the archers, hashtag using a capital T and A, so the visually impaired can enjoy any archers-based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your gateway to the incredibly enjoyable tweet-along. You all do very well. Also, try and include at DumTDum in your tweet. So more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing. As well as finding us at Dum Dum on Twitter, how can people find you, Jacqueline? I'm at Jberto Sangua. Simple. So if we're talking about Twitter, it must be time for Tweet of the Week. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here, back from a trip around the Peloponnese and a case of Covid, and ready to delight you with a selection of Tweets of the Week. With thanks as ever to those of you sending at Dumpty Dum your nominations of notable tweets, including your own. You know who you are. My nomination for Twitter thread this week goes to the thread about the naming of the newest Archer twins, whose names seem destined to baffle listeners for just as long as their twin first cousins twice removed, I think, Shula and Kenton. Here are a few tasters. Ian at Rutherian. Nova, you say? Yeah. As in Vauxhall? Yeah. I wanted Chevette and Tasha wanted Cavalier, so we split the difference. Bob Hawkins at Salvatore Rosa. Nova as in star? No, Nova as in bossa. 
Sam at Sam Dean says, Sarah Archer, I think the slugs ate all of mine in the garden this year. And Gaynor Headley Smith at Gaynor HS says, Nova and Syrian, so I wasn't far off with my guess of Oryx and Crake. Lucy Saunders PR closes out the last word with, I'm ready to start a fund to pay for therapy for the twins who have a life of struggle ahead of them, dealing with their names. And now on to my medal winners for this week. In bronze position, maintaining the smut level raised last week by Quentin, it's Michael Wheelock at Pope Vadarai with missionary position for Shula, Alice likes riding, while David likes being taken up Lakey Hill. In silver, it's Loma Lindy 12 at Loma Lindy 12. You know things are rocky if Helen wants to spread some reassurance, like a malign and neurotic dairy maid. And in gold, it's Stephen Bowden at Wenlock House, who offers to share his podium with the Bullseye XGGB, if you remember Gay Grey, Grey Bell, is it now at the Bullseye One, for both spotting the same phrase. Lillian's got the builders in, meaning what exactly? I'm a bit out of touch with these modern euphemisms. That's it for this week. See you all at next week's Tweet Along. Bye for now. Thank you for that, Purple Pumpkin. Uh, and it's good to have you back at the helm. Now, don't forget, uh, we're also on Instagram. You can follow us where we're at, dum-de-dum, there also. Thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media, media supremos, Shambridge Fair Voices, and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy V. Freeman. Also, many thanks to P&Q for all the work over the last year, and it was lovely to hear uh, Quinton last week. Oh, it was. It was indeed. Now, as a special little treat, we did say this at the start of the show, we're going to end with um, a little bit of uh, music from Dumpty Dumber Lillian McCarthy. Some of you will remember that Lillian used to help us out with the social media round. This is her. She's part of the One Voice Choir in Middlesbrough doing a little bit of ABBA. Take it away, Lillian. Wonderful.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.